Hello. So, tell me, what do you do? How do you respond when you're asked that question? With a long-winded description, which leaves your audience none the wiser and feeling they wonder why they ever asked? Or do you have a clear and concise answer tailored to the person who asked you the question? Okay, so maybe occupational therapy as a profession is a challenge to explain briefly and concisely. But I think there's a tendency to fall back on the notion that because it's a complex intervention, it's difficult to explain. This is something that I want to challenge and propose that with some thought and preparation, you should be able to explain what you do on a day-to-day -day basis in a couple of sentences. In the world of academia, a long established tradition is that of the three minute thesis challenge, where people are given three minutes and one slide to communicate the whole of their PhD now, this is something that may have taken them three to four years of work and maybe as long as 80,000 words. And they can condense it into three minutes. Here's another thing to think about. Television advertising is sold in 30 second time slots. And at peak times, those time slots can cost as much as 33,000 pounds per 30 seconds. Now, just imagine if you were being charged £33,000 for every 30 seconds you were speaking. I'm sure you'd find a very concise way of explaining what you do. So maybe you wouldn't describe yourself as a genius, but you can for sure be more effective in how you communicate. Succinct, effective communication may not come naturally to all of us, but it is for sure a skill that we can learn and develop. And that's what we're going to explore in the next few minutes. So why is it important to be clear and concise? Well, Forbes have suggested recently that people's attention span over the last few years has reduced from 12 to eight seconds. We also process words more quickly than we can speak them. So someone who's listening to you has probably got the gist of what you're trying to say long before you actually think they have. And 37 seconds is the time it takes to make an impression. So what kind of an impression are you making if after one or two minutes, someone still doesn't really understand what you're trying to communicate to them? So clear and concise communication increases your ability to communicate important messages and it also makes them easier to remember. So what we're going to look at are three traps that we can fall in into when we're trying to communicate effectively. And they come from the work of Joe McCormack, who's author of Making a Bigger Impact by Saying Less. So the three traps he's identified are over-explaining, under-preparing, and missing the point. So let's look at those in a little bit more detail. Firstly, over-explaining. Basically just overloading people with far too much information. We know what we want to do, we're probably passionate about what we do, and we want to tell them the detail. 
And actually, in most situations, when somebody's asking you what you do, they don't want to know all of that detail. It's a question that's often asked on a social basis, what it is that you do. So here's something to think about. When I walk away from this conversation, what is the one thing I want this person to remember about what I do? The one thing, quite a challenge really, to think about that. And preparing. If you've ever tried to, or been asked to write something like an abstract for a paper or for a conference presentation, that's maybe a 200, 250 word um, limit, you'll know how difficult it is to be short and concise. And I think a challenge that often pe people make is thinking, oh, it's only 200 words, I'll leave it till the last moment, I'll just be able to run them off. And then suddenly what you find is that boiling something down to 200 words is actually quite a challenge. And it takes time and preparation to get it down um, and to be that clear and concise and to feel happy with the way that you're saying something. So if we are going to be clear and concise in talking about what we do as an occupational therapist, we need to put some thought and preparation into how we're going to go about doing that. And the final one is about missing the point. And for me, this is important because I think very often we, we, it's tempting to conflate two different questions. What do you do versus what is an occupational therapist? And I think sometimes when we tie ourselves up in knots, it's because we try to answer what is an occupational therapist and explain the whole profession rather than answering the question that we've been asked, which is what it is that we do on an individual basis. So those are three traps. It's well worth thinking about. Um, and putting some work into. And what we're going to do is just look at a couple of exercises um, that might help you. So first of all, how about mapping out your message? You know you're gonna be asked this question time and time and time again across the course of your professional life. So put some preparation in, map out your message to get a piece of paper and map out your answers to those questions. Just put down key words and highlight what are the absolute key points that you want to make and trim away the excess detail. And when you've done that, go back and trim it down again. Maybe there are words that you want to change that you're not happy with. Maybe you can combine two or three words and replace them with a single word. Really map it out and come up with something that you feel um, reflects what you do day, on a day-to-day -day basis. And here's the challenge. What would be your 10-second answer? What would be your 30-second answer? And what would be your one-minute answer? It's quite a fun thing to do um, and also quite a challenge, especially to come up with your 10-second answer. Just to give you maybe a few starters, here are a couple of descriptors. The first one is taken off the website of the Royal College of Occupational Therapists. Um, and if you read it, there may be individual words that spring out to you, um, things that you might find helpful in, in talking about your own work. And the 
second one is taken from the website of the World Federation of Occupational Therapy. And again, have a look at some of those words. They may be helpful for you. And I can assure you it really, really is possible to do that. And the thing to think about here also is what is the audience that I'm communicating my message to? So the way we talk about what we do on a day-to-day -day basis to our friends will be very different to how we talk about it to a client when we meet them for the first time, or how we talk about it to colleagues in a professional context. So the thing to think about here is different contexts require different answers. So here's a couple of examples of ones that I use to explain my work as a personal coach. So the bottom line one, which is less than 10 seconds, I help women who want to make a change in their life work out what they want to change and how to change it. Very short, probably one that I use day to day um, in, in more of a social, social situation. The next one is slightly more detailed. And it may be one that I use if I'm talking to somebody who might want to commission my services. I'm a qualified personal coach working with women mainly from the NHS and academia who want to bring about some kind of change in their personal or professional life. And by using a range of coaching techniques, I support them, work out, support them in working out what it is they want to do and how to do it. Slightly different words in there, um, which are important in that context. And the final one, um, I guess, may feel a little bit left of field, um, but it's one that um, I was asked to develop when I was doing my coaching training. Um, and it's one that I have and do use um, in some personal development workshops, and, and especially when I'm working within the coaching community. I'm the spark that lights women's journeys to the stars. All of those are really short. Probably all of them are just around under or just over the 10 second mark. Um, so it is possible, but actually coming up with some of those took quite a lot of time in thinking about the individual words and whether they had meaning and whether they resonated to me. Um, and felt right in how I want to communicate um, my work to other people. So the second exercise, um, read and speak, is designed to help you um, process information quickly um, and to turn it around and speak about it in quite a succinct way. So for this one, find an article and read something of interest that you're familiar with about occupational therapy. So maybe an article you know about in OT News or something in um, a journal, just a, a couple, two or three paragraphs, read it. And then the challenge here is to give a, sort, a short summary of what you've read. So two challenges, can you summarize it in 30 seconds? And can you summarize it in a minute? So that's something that's designed to help you read and speak. And the final one is called listen and speak. 
and it's designed to help you react in social settings in a in a clear and concise way so get a friend or a colleague to ask you a series of questions and the challenge here is that you need to answer each question first of all within 30 seconds and then within a minute this might be quite a fun thing to try um, with a group of colleagues about work, um, just to spend a short time together asking each other a question about work and just seeing how do they respond in 30 seconds? Can they respond in a minute? And can you understand what it is that they're telling, trying to convey to you? So those are three different exercises which might be helpful um, and are well worth maybe putting some time into. And just to finish, let's recap on those three traps that it's possible to fall into um, when we're thinking about communicating. Over-explaining, putting far too much information into a very simple message. Under-preparing, not putting enough prep time into developing our short, succinct messages and missing the point, actually answering the wrong question. So I hope those have been helpful. Um, and I really hope that you can put some time in just to have fun with those three exercises. And especially the first one about mapping and seeing if you can come up with what does your 10 second answer look like, your 30 second answer and your one minute. It would be great to see um, and hopefully will help you um, feel much happier and more confident about explaining what it is when somebody asks you that question which you know you're going to be asked time and time again. Tell me, what is it that you do?